welcome to episode two. Today we'll be talking about five ways we can set up our family businesses to thrive in a post-COVID world. So this might be quite lengthy, so we'll do this in two parts. Part one today and part two in a few days' time, so watch out. COVID. COVID-19 crisis has certainly taken the world by storm and a huge surprise and it's been completely unprecedented threatening the health of people all over the world but unfortunately it's also affecting our businesses as we have mandatory shutdowns in so many cities all over the world that has slowed down activities economic activities drastically right and Many of us are working from home, maybe for the first time, or if it's not for the first time, with a different dynamic with spouses and children at home. So it's a massive transition for many of us, both in our businesses, in our home lives, and the rest. But I believe it's a season of rest. It's a season of renewal, and it's a season of restoration for our beings, our bodies, our minds and spirits, and also for our planet. But because it's a season of rest, does not mean we take no action. Because I strongly believe that the world post-COVID will be remarkably different from the one we see right now. And it's easy in the midst of this massive transition we are all facing to feel like Things are not within our control and we just wait and see. But I believe opportunities don't come to those that are unprepared, but they come to those that are well positioned for them. So let's think about baseball for a minute. In baseball, we have the bowler, the person that throws the ball, the batter, the person that bats, and the catcher. He's the man that tries to catch the ball at the back. And if we Focus on the catcher. He or she, because we're gender sensitive here, (laughs) he or she watches the batter intensely, anticipating the direction in which this ball will be hit, and then runs ahead to try to catch that ball in time, right? He or she is well positioned. Similarly, those family businesses that are well positioned and getting in line now, will be able to catch those balls of opportunities effectively. So we need to have an awareness of where the world world is evolving towards, positioning our businesses to catch opportunities so we won't miss out. I really believe that we will see one of the greatest wealth transfers globally as a result of this crisis. Looking back in history, the greatest wealth transfers historically happen in times of war and crisis, so we need to be woke. But that's not to say it will be an easy journey. We may face a choppy journey in the months ahead as we make adjustments, but we are a resilient people and we must push through temporary pain, looking ahead at brighter days to come. So the purpose of this podcast that will be in two parts is how can we position the family business for those brighter days to come? It's important to take appropriate action 
now alongside resting? What can we be doing now to ensure that we are relevant in a post-COVID world? Today we'll touch on three points and the next episode we'll touch on the other two points. So what can we be doing now? The first way we can set up our family businesses to thrive post-COVID is we need to digitalize. Let's take a step back and just reflect. We've been in an era of the fourth industrial revolution, marked by artificial intelligence, blockchain, big data, rise of mobile, the cloud. And pre-COVID, this industry was developing at an exponential rate. Now, that would only be accelerated. Bringing it home to us in Africa, where we anticipate that our population will double by 2050, such that one in four people on the globe will be African by 2050. The virtual economy is a compelling option. So now we can see that we're being forced to hold meetings virtually, order our groceries virtually, eat at home, It is likely that these trends will persist past this temporary period of COVID. So we must digitalize. That's number one. Businesses that are not online right now put themselves at a huge disadvantage. It's important to ensure that your marketing and sales activities are online now and that your communication is through online means. When we think about it, the median age on this continent is 18. And most Generation Z consumers, they're more fluent with mobile compared to desktops. So you may say, what does digitalizing look like? It looks like active social media channels for your business, active business websites, email newsletters are now necessary. So over the weekend, I needed to buy some grocery items because I sensed that we were going into lockdown. And I went to my usual stores, but they were closed. After driving around for like 30 minutes, I then came across a discreet supermarket with amazing products range, great prices, and they were fully stocked. Post-COVID, chances are that I will continue to patronize that store unless my favorite stores contact me to let me know that they are now open. So digital communication in this age is absolutely necessary with all stakeholders, not just your customers, but also your employees. Where possible, ensure that your sales can be done online. So we need to look at things like e-services, e-commerce, home deliveries, receiving of payments through electronic means. Make life easy for your customer. Have online catalogs with quality pictures of your products and your pricing. Have an order requisition process on your website. Have remote quality customer service teams, right? And if you're a B2B business without a brick and mortar, don't count yourself out. This is still very relevant for you. So, for instance, you may be a construction company. It's unlikely that you can deliver your services through the internet you can't right you still have to physically build something right but your potential clients are now sitting at home the whole world is sitting at home 
We're all scrolling through social media and they will become accustomed to making purchasing decisions online. So it's important that in this season, we need to start creating relevant, engaging, quality content online so you remain top of mind, particularly video content. So video content attracts 82% more engagement than any other type of content. We're all spending more time watching TV also. So it provides an excellent opportunity for marketing and advertising, both on TV and online. And next gens, we tend to be digital natives. So this is a great opportunity to be that, make that stamp on our family business, right? As a change agent, as we work with our parents who don't tend to be as fluent with technology as us. So this could potentially be an area where you take the lead. Start having those conversations on how can we strategically tilt the family business to have more of an online presence. It's really important. The second thing we can start doing today to ensure that we remain relevant is consider virtual. And what does that mean? I mean that some of you may decide that actually... You quite like having staff working from home because you cut on costs in terms of paying rent. Um, for some workers, it may not make sense, especially when you take into consideration the time it takes for them to commute to work. But for other types of workers, it may, it may not work out right in terms of like, say, your casual staff that may not have steady power, be technologically fluent and may not have steady access to Wi-Fi. So in that instance, that might not be feasible, but considering virtual employees opens up a whole world of opportunity at significantly lower cost. So we've been all forced to adopt another way of working, opening up this world of virtually rendered services. We could, in the future, start to see easily how our administration, our human resources, um, our finance our accounting may be provided on a virtual basis, saving cost and improving productivity. But to get to that point, it means that you have strong rituals as a business, you have mature productive staff, and you have the technology that enables accountability. So we can start to think about, do we have those working from home policies, procedures, processes, and technological platforms to enable our people to do so. But you know what? The beauty of this is once you set up that basic infrastructure, you open up the talent pool to the entire world. Once you set up that structure, because who said that your workers then have to work in the same country as you? You could have it such that your administration Function is being supported by people outside of the country. There are platforms such as Talentium, based out of Mauritius, that runs a digital platform matching virtual talent to employers. So it's something to think about for the future. The third and last point for today is we need to innovate. COVID will force all of us to look inwardly and trim the fat. But It shouldn't take COVID for us to be doing that because that should be our disposition at all times. The businesses of the future will be driven by the fourth industrial revolution. 
And as we said, the fourth industrial revolution will be marked by high levels of disruption and dependency on technological development. Innovation will not be optional for those that will thrive in the future, and family businesses are not an exception. So innovation is now necessary for you, (laughs) not just Apple and other tech companies, because innovation simply means three things. It means cheaper, better, and faster. So this downtime would be a great opportunity to have discussions with your team, you know, virtually. How can we improve our processes? How can we improve our products? How can we improve our culture? So we need to think of innovation on those three levels, product slash service, so the features of our product, the service offerings, processes, and culture. And you may be surprised that culture made the list. I believe that culture is so understated. A lot of family businesses in first generation are built with the founder at the center. And consequently, we may suffer from high level of key man risk. Family businesses don't tend to think about building strong company um, cultures in generation one as the founder is central to operations. But as we tend to move beyond generation one and his or her involvement is reduced, we need to think more about continuity planning. And we do that through building a strong company culture. Peter Drucker, a great business strategist, often says that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And what does that mean? Strategy is important, right? So how we improve our products is great. How we position our businesses to grow is great. How we improve our processes is great. But culture is even more important in ensuring business success. So we can make all these improvements, but in absence of addressing our culture, it may backfire long term. Strong culture is where we've translated the founder's heart and mind into consistent behavior and values. Strong culture enables us to go from relying on one person's genius to nurturing an innovative institution that incubates ingenuity. So that's all for today. In a few days, watch out. Episode two will drop with the two additional points on how we can set up our family businesses to thrive in a post-COVID world. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling anxious and you need someone to talk to, click on the link in the show notes to set up a call with myself and we can have a virtual conversation. So thank you for your time and take good care. God bless.